The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Hold your insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am not Tim D-O-double-G. <laughs> he is not here tonight. He's got in-laws at his house, we hear, so uh, we got to be nice to him, but... Uh, <laughs> I am Dirt from the Pop Culture Network. You can find me on Twitter at PCN underscore Dirt. And I'm joined, as always, by the man with the sound effects, Agent underscore 70. What's up, everybody? Also, the man with the news nerds need, he's at Roddy Cat on Twitter. Hello, everybody! And somehow I picked the short straw, so I'm, like, doing the MC uh, duties here tonight. So, sorry, everybody, but you're stuck with me, at least for a while. So, um, before we get into comics, though, there was a new comic-inspired TV show that premiered this week, and that was Krypton. True. And am I the only one who watched it? You uh, I'm looking for the correct. I'm absolutely looking for the correct sound effect here. Dang it. I know Tim has watched it, but I, uh, the rest of us haven't. <laughs> I, I actually watched it. You know, I usually don't watch these comic book tie-in shows. And it's generally because the subject matter differs so much from the comic source material that it just drives me crazy. But with it being set 200 years before the explosion uh, that destroyed the planet, it allows it to go places that the comics never really did. So I thought I'd give it a shot. And uh, I watched some promo material and I had some questions going into it, but actually everything got answered uh, watching the show. I thought it was really well laid out. Uh, Adam Strange actually makes an appearance in here and sets up uh, the whole Superman connection and why this ties into everything else. Um, and I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything. It is available. You can watch it on demand through your cable provider. Uh, maybe some of you have DVR'd and haven't watched it yet, but I actually enjoyed it. Um, and I think, again, part of the reason why I enjoyed it is because it is so far removed from anything that the comics actually cover. Um, that it doesn't feel like it's stepping on a lot of toes and it's not reinterpreting a whole lot of stuff. Um, you get the gist of a lot of stuff that has been hinted or discussed uh, in the comics, um, you know, here or there. But it does have a little bit of that movie feel to it. Um, it's not quite what you saw in Man of Steel, but you do get the idea um, that it's there. But But here's the thing. Unlike in Humans, which I actually saw in a movie theater on an IMAX screen... Uh, this one actually looked like it had a budget. <laughs> so I know they green screened probably 90% of what was on the screen, but it actually looked fairly decent. And the uh, costumes were pretty nice, and the sets actually looked interesting. So 
I'm going to check it out. I at least have it set to record, you know, the first, uh, I think, three episodes. So I'll give it a shot at least that far, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I've actually heard some pretty decent things about the premiere of it. And I even heard there was like a Lex Luthor kind of um, reference or something going on in that happened in the show. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know. But I, No, like, not – well, not, yeah, uh, no. Really what it is is um, Adam Strange, who's a character in the contemporary DC universe, wow. he actually says that he's traveled back in time – because some sort of time traveler is trying to destroy the timeline so that Superman won't be created. And then at the same time, there's another threat in the universe that's heading towards Krypton, which is a long-standing DC villain. Um, not Lex Luthor, but another long-standing um, villain. Not Zod, either, because... <laughs> <laughs> I was about to, there, there's only one more, and I'm pretty sure it's... Yeah. But uh, they showed uh, there was like a little featurette after the episode, a little like five minute behind the scenes and whatever. And they showed what the villain looked like um, in the makeup and the special effects for his upcoming uh, appearance. And it is dead on with the comics. Like I was actually really impressed at how they did it. Um, There was a storyline from Jeff Johns and Action Comics a few years back um, before all of the New 52 and everything. And it was the story of... uh, Clark and his dad uh, right before his dad passed away um, and there was a, uh, an appearance by this villain and again, I almost spoiled it right there but I'm not going to um, but it, it was dead on for how he looks in the comics so that made me really happy to see that so that's another reason I think why I'm excited for it because the one character that you see uh, it looks dead on from his uh, comic appearances so hmm. that's cool because yeah because I remember when we first heard about it and first talked about it it was like Okay, why does this need to exist? And, blah, 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 and, this, and, mm-hmm. and it is it, it is set up, yeah. And that's the other thing is it's set up as a sci-fi show. Like mm-hmm. it is not a superhero show. This is not about a guy saving the day. This is not about you know superheroes solving crimes and whatever. This is a science fiction, you know, Game of Thrones on another planet or whatever you know show that you want to use to you know fill in the blank on an alien planet. Yeah, red sun, no powers. Right, yeah. right. So it's all about the the different houses at war with each other, and uh, the different guilds that run the different parts of Krypton, and all that stuff going on. So nice. Yeah. Well, there you so, go. Folks. All right. So hey. now let's get into our comic reviews, and we are going to start with Damnation number three. Oh. Yeah, where's, where's the excitement and the claps and? The, I didn't read it. That's why. So he oh, come on. <laughs> I'm behind on this. I'm a couple of issues behind. So hopefully you will get because this issue, just like the other two, actually had some pretty cool things uh, happening into it, including setting up a um a an upcoming book in in a, in a roundabout way. Well, it's not even roundabout. It's a pretty direct way. Um, so what we have here is we start off with Wong in the past, kind of hyping himself up for the bat- upcoming battle. He talks with, uh, uh, I was about to call him Johnny Strange, Johnny, uh, Johnny, uh, um, Blaze, God, Johnny Blaze. Why I'm going through all the other Johnny's good gracious, uh, Johnny Blaze, I call him method man. Oh, <laughs> and Johnny's like, look, I-, I trust you. And then they cut to the battle, which we saw a little bit of from, uh, damnation two. And um, 
uh, I was going to say that Bats is the MVP for a second, but I might have to change my answer to that given what happens later on an issue without spoiling too much. But let's see, the battle goes on. Um, there is a, a possession, which I, what I thought was handled pretty funnily. Yeah. Um, and like I said, the fight goes on and uh, it gets to a certain point where someone goes off to do their thing and meets up with uh, Mephisto and things happen and the book ends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a nice spoiler-free-ish review. Um, Cause, cause I want to see, see Wong and Johnny Blaze in a buddy cop movie. I actually kind of <laughs> wanted to do that too. Yeah, their interactions were just about as good as um, um, another buddy cop scenario in another book that we'll probably talk about. And, and I also thought Blade uh, was handled perfectly in this book. He gets his moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the the one problem I had with this issue, though, is the artwork was a little distracting. It uh, not not the greatest. It's one of those things, you know, because it's a weekly series. The art, you know, rotates from book to book uh, so they could you know stay on schedule. And this one is just not quite like the guy can handle ghost rider you know flaming skull and big monsters and whatever but doing just regular person faces are a little little off a little rushed on that one yeah oh um also mr knight uh also had a had a oh, right. thing um i love that part that part was pretty funny which like that i won't spoil it but he he thought he thought something was the case and it turned out it wasn't and it was it was pretty good yeah, so all in all, I'm still really enjoying this crossover. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think this one probably will turn up at the end of at, at, at the end of the year if nothing else comes along. So this is not, you know, Dead Man's Hand, the uh, the crossover with Nomad and Go- was it Ghost Rider? I don't remember, but it was something in the '90s. Wasn't it Daredevil and Ghost Rider and Nomad? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, in Las Vegas, so it's not Dead Man's Hand. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, jeez. I'm waiting for Matt Wang if he's listening to uh, chime in on this because I think we, we, I think we both probably picked up an issue or two or of that uh, of that crossover. Right. Well, if we're finished with that one, we can move on to the to the tie-in if we want. Yeah, we can talk about Iron Fist number seventy-eight. Oh, wait, here, wait. Did Tim say anything about Damnation Three? Where's uh, his? Uh... No, he didn't. Yeah. Um. All right. So Iron Fist seventy-eight. Uh, this was one of those. I honestly, my mind went somewhere else. So when we got to the end for what the final reveal was, it actually kind of took me by surprise, which I enjoy. Uh, I enjoy that quite a bit. But um, so one of the things in Damnation is we see um, Iron Fist. uh, Someone uses the Ghost Rider penance stare on him. Mm -hmm. And so this book covers what happens to him after that happens. So it's a nice tie in. And, you know, there's a big warning like this happens after Damnation three. So make sure you read it first. Um, And then it goes off into his story. But the the thing at the the art bothered me in Damnation 3. The art in this was great. I love this. This is someone I wasn't real familiar with, and it's a name that I can't really uh, pronounce. Uh, <laughs> Koskuo or something like that. Koshio. Oh, my goodness. Not... Hold on. I see it. I see it. Damien Kush- Kushero? Or Kusiero? During your name. 
<laughs> so not sure how to pronounce it, but I love the artwork. I thought oh, that's sharp great. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's really sharp. Yeah. Mm. We get an appearance by another uh, immortal weapon in this. So, okay. So going back to the damnation thing, I totally forgot that happened. Like I read damnation in this back to back and I totally forgot that that part happened to Dan. <laughs> then I read it like right after it. So I was like, so I had to go back and like, Oh, right. That did happen. And then jumping into this. So I was like, okay, that's a nice direct tie and everything kind of plays along in it. There's not too much, like it's not too much as far as I know. Cause I know dirt, you've been reading this book. Uh, well, I, I I read it after it relaunched, and then right. once he left and went back to New York, I kind of lost interest in it. Okay, gotcha. So I wasn't sure if there was anything that was going on in it that was tying on to what was going on already, but it didn't seem like it was. Uh, especially with like the, the the immortal weapon that shows up and and kind of tags along with them, and then like you said, we get to um, they get into some things and. We get a reveal at the end, which was actually kind of surprising to myself. Also, we, especially when, like, you see the person come up earlier, and it's like, huh, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> but then, but then it's like, well, of course, because you, you get to the thing. It's like, okay, with well, this st- stuff is going on, why would you not think, you know, something like right, that? Right. Well, and the story, like, I have to give the story credit because it reminds you of this character right. as it's going through. But then I still for whatever reason thought that you know it was some other version of him or you know some like damned version of him from the future or something like i what you know whatever Uh, his soul separated from his body or something Mm -hmm. um but but then it ends up going you know back to this other character so so like i said it took me by surprise but you know i i like when it did like oh that makes sense you know i like that so there's even a uh, reference in here for for those Like okay, that was pretty. That was pretty slick the way they did that. It's like all right, all right, well done. But yeah, so if you get a chance to read this as as a, as a tie-in, read Damnation first, obviously, but read this as a tie-in. It's it's a pretty neat one. So so far, Damnation and the tie-ins have all been really good. I mean, yeah. I've, I have to say for for this being kind of like a you know kind of off to the side crossover event. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really playing into the Avengers books or any of the main, you know, line Marvel books. Um, it really is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's see. Uh, uh, Dave, you want to throw out one or we can get the one that Tim's done, which I was about to say, Tim read all the books that Tim read. I read, so that's helpful. Um, I'm, I actually wanted to, talk about one of the last books I read this week. I think I was in the car riding home from the office, and that is Thanos number 17. Which is another know. fantastic book. This I was going to say, I, I was gonna say, Dirt, I don't know if you wanted to save this and savor it at the end of the show, <laughs> at the end of the review section, but I literally like finished reading this maybe 20 minutes before I got home. And I was... It was a slobber knocker of an issue. Right, good old JR. This was a slobber knocker. One of the things about this issue that really got me was I was thinking about the way the book is presented. There's a narrative voice. Right. And it reminded me in a way of Vision. When the Vision miniseries was coming out, there's that narrative voice that adds something to the way the story is presented. Where in this particular issue, you're really just getting a big slugfest. You're getting... Mm -hmm. 20 pages of just 
punches and swords and punches and hammers and punches and punches. Um, and that's really all it is for, you know, 90% of the story. But there's that narrative voice that's kind of pulling you through the story. And it just adds like another layer to the storytelling. Um, and, and I don't think it's a character that we're going to see. Um, right. Unlike in Vision. Vision eventually that voice turned into a character who had a part in the story. I don't think there's going to be a person behind this voice because they're at the end of time and all of the universe is dead and you know, whatever. Um, so I don't think it's someone who's actually witnessing it as much as it's just, you know, that storytelling element. Um, but it really adds something to the story and it really makes it where you get to that final page and you're just like, wow, this is, there's something, it just feels like there's something epic going on here. It's a lot of fun and it's a really, you know, well done story for as silly and crazy and zany and uh, apocalyptic and everything else that it throws at you. Uh, you know, when you have, Silver Surfer showing up in a black metal body holding Thor's hammer, uh, you know, to show up for this battle. There's something weird and crazy going on, um, but it's just so much fun and it's so well put together that just, like I said, when I got to that final page, Mm -hmm. it's almost like goosebumps. You know, you're just like, ooh, this is, you know, crazy. I mean, there was, you know, just to, just to, uh, uh, Add on just a little bit to the, to, you know, uh, to the part about, you know, this being a, a slugfest basically with, you know, narration and some dialogue to kind of keep the story moving along. Um, you know, there's some epic scenes in this. Um, it's like you said, very jarring and kind of impressive to see the Silver Surfer. Yes, he's not silver anymore, but, uh, you know, he's like basically wielding the power cosmic and Thor's hammer. And you would think. You would think that that would be enough, but spoiler alert. This book is called Thanos after all. (laughs) So (laughs) I'll leave it at that. And I have to say that the silver surf Thor is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. It's believe me. It's a, it's a pretty impressive visual. Great. Now I got to read this. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you do. It is an impressive, impressive visual. So uh, I'm all aboard on that. You know, with uh, Doug's uh, comments and and and, uh, and, uh, and 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 thoughts on this book. I was I was actually this close to dropping the book when Jeff Lemire left sure. because because he does that where he writes something and then he leaves the book and then whoever takes over. Like for me, Moon Knight just fell right off a cliff. Right after he left. And I just like, I don't care about that character or that book anymore at all. Um, so when he, he was leaving Thanos, I was like, eh, I don't know, you know, but uh, Donnie Cates uh, coming in. I was like, well, I'll give it a, ch- I'll give it a shot. You know, I'll give it a chance and see what he's able to pull together. And, and it's just, it's a, again, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also the same guy co-writing the damnation crossover. Right. Uh, so that, you know, he's that sense of humor, I'm sure is what's, uh, I'm I'm really liking in both of these books, but right. um, but yeah, Thanos is just so much fun and so epic. It's it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, uh, just to uh, uh, cover uh, Tim's notes on this, our own Tim D O double G nine eight. He writes, uh, "It's an epic throwdown between a Mjolnir wielding Silver Surfer versus Mad Titans, a cosmic Ghost Rider, and a Pet Hulk." And it all is just this great big mishmash of slobber knockery fun. So there you go. 
All right. Um, did you have something else you wanted to throw out there, Dave? All right. So I can cover something else that uh, Tim and I read, and that is uh, Incredible Hulk number 714. Um, Tim's notes on this, I can help lead this in. This is part one of World War Hulk 2 as Amadeus returns to Earth after his Planet Hulk adventure. It includes some members of the Protectors, which is cool, and their old foe. But uh, the, 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 the crux of the story is that this is, after all, part one of a new, uh, ret- uh, a new version of World War Hulk. And what that implies is that the Hulk is uh, getting ready to uh, start, you know, st- to start something. He's getting, you know, he's going to be starting something like uh, Michael Jackson used to say. So, uh, uh, you know, th- this is not um, the uh, totally awesome Hulk um, uh, coming to play uh, in the story. Uh, spoiler alert for those who aren't keeping up on this. Amadeus had been keeping, I guess, the savage part of the Hulk and any part of his own savageness um, in check by basically locking it in, you know, the uh, a metaphorical trunk of a car. But now um, Amadeus has been, you know, uh, but what Amadeus realizes is that uh, he's not utilizing, you know, his his all of his brain power like he used to. You know, he's, you know, the character was known for having these like fanciful equations, you know, scrawled in front of him so that he could figure out what was what. Uh, by uh, by realizing that he wasn't unlocking his full potential by locking away the savagery, uh, he's basically let the Hulk out, and now the Hulk is in charge, and Amadeus is locked in the trunk. And that's the gist of the story. All right. So my question is, who are the protectors? The protectors were a loosely uh, a loosely associated group of Asian and Asian American heroes. That was that group um, uh, that Jimmy Woo was uh, 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 kind of uh, pseudo organized. It was uh, Amadeus, uh, Jimmy Woo. Um, There's another Asian Shield agent, uh, Miss Marvel, Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Um, am I forgetting someone? I believe that was it outside of Amadeus. Yeah, I believe that was it. Okay. Okay. Because the only protectors that I knew of were the... Uh, the Malibu? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I know Marvel bought out Malibu, so... Oh, uh, Silk. Okay. I think Silk was also there. Oh, Silk. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I forgot Silk. She's like the newest character. Yeah. So, yeah, Silk. All right. Um, let's see who did anybody else read Mighty Thor 705? Yes, 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 yes. Tim did also. I was gonna say that's a Tim book, so okay. If someone else read it, I did. All right, well, then cover it for Tim. All righty, all righty. So I'm gonna loosely uh use Tim's notes because they're highly spoilerific. Um, if you've been keeping up with the recent events in uh, the Mighty Thor, you know that we are kind of getting to um, the climax of Jane Foster's run as Thor. And uh, it's not really spoiling things, but I'm going to ring the bell. You are forewarned. Um, the death of the Mighty Thor finally does happen. And, uh, She's not the only uh, beloved character to fall. Uh, Jane Foster literally goes out in a ball of lightning and fury. It's uh, it's pretty dramatic. Um, I loved it. There's a lot of great scenery in this. I can't wait. I, there was a, a, a snow, an, an, like our fourth 
snowstorm slash nor'easter in the New York City area in the past month um, coming through. So I was not able to get my uh, physical copies of my books this week. So um, I can't wait to hold uh, a copy of uh, Mighty Thor 705 and just, you know, kind of turn it around. I know that Dauterman's uh, artwork can sometimes get a little uh, difficult to comprehend and, 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 and like kind of delineate what's happening. But from what I saw in our preview copies, it's, it's, it's still pretty, you know, it's striking. It's, it's, uh, it's action packed and it's pretty dramatic. So we're almost at the uh, end of, uh, you know, this particular story. So we'll see what happens in the next issue. All right. Um, let's see. Batman number 43. Oh, and that covers all of Tim's books. Yeah. Um, I read that one. I don't know if hey, anybody else read that one. Go ahead. <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, okay. So I've, I've given Tom King a lot of crap for ha- expanding the storytelling so that you flip to through these books. Yeah, and it, it takes you just a few minutes to read through these books. And, and um, I, you know, it's still happening. Um, but here's the, here's the biggest problem is the current storyline has been Poison Ivy decides that she's going to run the world. And so she's going to save everybody by taking over their minds using these plant spores. And uh, she's going to save everyone. And, of course... Uh, Catwoman and Batman are the only ones that are able to like break free, whatever. So they've got to try to figure out how to get everyone else, um, you know, out of the spell and whatever. Right. And they, they play the storyline as if poison Ivy is this tragic character. They go back to this moment in the Joker Riddler war storyline where she was on the Riddler side and she killed these guys in a city park in order to, you know, fuel the war going, whatever. And, uh, you know, Batman has figured out that it wasn't really her fault that Riddler actually shot them. So she wasn't responsible for their deaths and blah, 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 whatever. But I'm just, I'm reading this story and I'm like, why do I care about poison Ivy? Like there's like, why is this a sympathetic character? Right. Like, I have no reason to care. You know, she's a villain. She's trying to take over the world. That's not, you know, like I don't, I don't care what your motives are. That's not exactly. Yeah, I was about to say it's not exactly uh, Lauren Hill singing on uh, Nas track, but um, <laughs> I know Roddy Cat is looking up. I know he heard that one. Uh, so um, I would say that I, I guess what I was what I was thinking when I read this book was this is definitely drawing upon fans of the Batman the animated series. Because these two characters that are kind of spotlighted in this, I'm speaking of uh, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, had adventures together as a duo that I think uh, were first depicted there and nowhere else. So I thought that um, anyone who kind of remembers and harkens back to uh, the, the, the animated series and doesn't necessarily remember all the other storylines that have happened in the comics since then that have kind of had uh, Ivy as like a really, uh, you know, evil person. Um, you know, maybe that's what they're kind of, that's what King well, is kind of tapping into. They've had Harley and Ivy having this sisterhood friendship thing going on a couple different places. In, the comics. Sisterhood in, in various cases. 
but it's just it's one of those things where I'm just reading the story and it's like I like you know this is not a situation where I'm like oh good they talked to her and they talked her through it and now 7.3 billion people in the world are now free um you know because she just made this mistake you right. know it's right. more like this is why you lock her up you know what I mean? Sure. Like this this isn't we're going to send her to a doctor for some counseling and hope that she gets better. This is, you know, th- there's a cell at Arkham, uh, you know, that's that's going to be pollen free and dust free. And, uh, you know, it's going to be like the uh, Intel CPU manufacturing room with the sticky floors and the vents as people walk through in order to keep everything out, uh, you know, because there's just. You know, she is a villain. She needs to be locked up. She's crazy. She's psycho. And and I'm just reading the story going, I don't like I don't and, and I don't care about Harley Quinn either. Mm-hmm. I know she's a popular character, you know, of course, and she's right. showing up everywhere. I've never really cared for the character anyway, so I'm not the right market for this. But still, this story did absolutely nothing to make me care for the character. Um, it just kind of assumes that you already do. And right. Because I don't, it just fell apart. Right. Like I said, I think that's what King was sort of tapping into. But like you guys said, that particular relationship has been explored, um, you know, I guess in depth in the comics. So, you know, that's another thing he may have been uh, kind of uh, uh, using as a source. So, well, maybe uh, to death. Yeah, possibly, possibly, possibly. All right. So uh, we have uh, reached the end yeah. of. Uh, ten <laughs> yeah, one more, and then we can go into to if uh, no one else got, has anything else. Yeah, I can do all of mine quick. So go ahead. Go for okay. it. So last one I got is Tales of Suspense number one hundred three. Actually, I, I read this. This is awesome. Yeah, this was well. I had a, a slight grievance with it, but it was definitely good, especially the way it played out in the end. And we get into that by saying, "Guess what, folks? Spoiler alert!" Oh, I'll ring the bell. Here it comes. Black Widow's alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they brought her back in a well, not unusual way. In fact, you have seen it before in comics. In fact, one particular Spidey comic might give you a hint as to what that. <laughs> yeah, right. Is the one uh, reason as why. But the Red Room brought her back in, in a way, and we also get to see. The some of the machinations of the past couple of issues, uh, how they came into being, uh, play out in this book, which I thought was pretty great. I was like, oh. yeah, like from the, from the, her perspective, yeah, that's what was cool. It was nice to see the other side of the story, right? So a lot of things that has happening outside of, um, actually because of and outside of uh, Winter Soldier and Hawkeye getting involved, uh, get explained here. And we, but we also go into uh, another, uh, I guess, plot, or at least the last part of the plot, where you know we find out what the Red Room has been doing, and like I said, Natasha's back because of this, and Ursa Major pays a um, pays a visit. For, for yeah, those. I was like, when was the last? When was the last time we saw Ursa Major? Exactly. My goodness. Because at first, because because in the first few pages you see him, and it's like, okay, why is this talking bear here? And it's like, oh, all right. Yeah, that's whose head is, and and then uh, Natasha makes a statement about that, and then it kind of goes into the rest of the plot, and it's like, huh. So 
uh, without referring to my notes because I was a little bit salty but by the fact that Natasha's back and a couple other people that are not, but we're not going to go into that. Um, uh, well, like I said, like the, the way they played it, the way this was written out and played out in this issue as to why she's back and what goes on from there and all the machinations that, you know, for the past few issues play out really great. And I ended up enjoying this book for that reason. Cool. All righty. So I guess it's time for a rapid fire, right, gentlemen? Yes, indeed. All righty. Let's fire up the Vulcan. It is rapid fire time. You want to do uh, Ms. Marvel 28? Sure, I'll do Ms. Marvel 28. So... All right, so I guess I won't spoil too much because Roddy Cat has not yet read this book. This is the culmination of this storyline involving substitute Miss Marvels. Um, Carol Danvers plays a prime role in this issue, but uh, as I said, and it kind of spoils where we might be going with this, this is the final issue in this particular story arc. So read it. It is a lot of fun. This definitely had a lot of messages about um, like facing things that you know you just can't get away from. Or- so, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, you know, it's a pretty solid message as well as a well-crafted story. Um, let's see what else, uh, we covered tales of Spence, Mighty Thor. Hey, I'm done. Okay. Do you have any other Roddy to zip through? I do. Um, let's see. First one is, oops. Um, future quest presents number, uh, number eight, my so we have the new Mitor um, and Intonation going up against some uh, invaders from another planet who find the signals coming from Earth, which is why we should not be sending signals out uh, to other planets because we're not ready. And they said that in the beginning of this book. Stephen Hawkins said it may rest in peace. I'm just saying, we ain't ready. But nevertheless, uh, Mitor greets them who pretend to try to, you know, they don't necessarily come and play peace, but to annex this planet because they, they are, uh, they took over folks and my tour basically stops them in his own way. And it was, it actually was, it was a neat book. Like I said, I don't know. There's because the new my tour is a kid that might put some people off because they, um, you know, they have him talking like a kid and little rambunctious and whatnot in his new role. But um, but like I said, it was a pretty neat issue, nonetheless. Um, then my last book is Avengers six eighty five. So this uh, no surrender is still going. We have the Incredible Hulk who is back and is rampaging through the Avengers. Uh, there's a couple of tag ins from from different folks. The Red Hulk tried to stop the the original Hulk. Ah! But doesn't quite do it, and that am- or that armor that, that he was great armor wearing Red Hulk. Yes, <laughs> that um that um that armor gets decimated, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. In fact, we don't seem like we need to worry about Red Hulk anymore because it looks like he's good. Um, because yeah, he got he got pretty much dusted by um by the Hulk, and there's a classic of. Uh, Vision versus Hulk move that happens, and they go toe to toe, and of course, 
third vision loses. Um, yeah, and on the other side of this, you still have you know uh, the grandmaster trying to talk to his daughter, who's trying to make a play for her for herself. Uh, who we now know is the, the Voyager is uh, the grandmaster's daughter, as we said last week. Well, as we probably alluded to last week, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and the last thing we see is like <laughs> Wonder Man trying to talk to the Hulk. So I'm, I'm I can only imagine how that's going to play out uh, come next issue. Because Mr. Pacifist Simon Williams, um, yeah, against the rampaging Hulk, who I guess he does equal his strength, but not trying to, just basically trying to talk to him. So, yeah, weird. Um, but that is it for all of my books. All right. And I've got a couple more just to fire through rapidly here. Aquaman number 34. Um, for the longest time, we've been focusing on Aquaman and his rebellion against the new king. Uh, but in this particular issue, we take a look from the villain's point of view as he gears up for the uh, upcoming main event crazy grudge match. Um, but the one nice thing the is... Slobber knocker! It is. It will be. Uh, but they brought in Kelly Jones to do the artwork. The guy, That's crazy. Uh, I just saw your notes. Yeah. And so it's, it's crazy and funky. But of course, it goes into the magic of... Uh, Atlantis and the dark magics that they don't uh, you know deal with anymore and how he's unlocking them in order to try to get the upper hand against uh, Aquaman so uh, it's he's there for a reason and he brings a really good atmosphere to the book um, before you go on um, for those who don't who are not quite familiar who's Kelly Jones or why is <laughs> he he did a bunch of swamp thing stuff he did some dead man comics in the 90s man uh, yeah he's got this really I don't know, like organic kind of bubbly, weird. I don't know how there's to lots of dark. There's lots of spotting blacks. There's, you know, there's definitely lots of shadow. Um, like if you imagine, you know, Mike Mignola, everything he does is dark and angular. Everything right. Kelly Jones does is like dark and curved. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but he does a lot of horror books. So a lot of horror yep. stuff. So. Okay. All right. Uh, Super Sons number 14. Talia Al Ghul has come to uh, get Damien. Uh, she wants to uh, try to bring him back into Leviathan and the League of Assassins. Uh, but of course, Damien knows better than his mother this time. Plus, uh, he's got a super at his side. So they're able to foil her plan and he's able to uh, outmaneuver her in a fight. And basically, they get the better of her just to show how good they've come together as a team. Um, but also, Superman 43 it turns out feels like it's a super sun spinoff book because the last few issues and especially this one are dealing with the super sons as well. So we get more uh, uh, Damien and we get more Jonathan Kent here. Um, But this time around, we've got bizarros from the bizarro universe coming through and bizarro boy uh, comes into our universe. Um, And it's weird because, if I remembered correctly, in the new 52, Bizarro was actually a clone that Lex Luthor tried to make of Superman. Right. And he didn't quite cook long enough. And so he came out. And so now, like the Bizarro that's running around with Red Hood, um, that's another one of these clones from the thing. But yet, this uh, Bizarro boy comes from the Bizarro universe where they're on a square Earth. Yep. Um, 
and I didn't think that existed anymore. Or in the New 52 or post-New 52. Right. So I'm not sure uh, what exactly has happened here, but something has happened. But, you know, I mean, we've got the New 52, so one of those 52s could be the Bizarro-verse. I was about to say, we don't know what happened in Dark Knight's Metal, though. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Kind of like pushing New 52 stuff kind of underneath the rug so this could be partially of their way to do that and, and it could be from when uh mr Mixelpillick and uh and uh dr oz or not dr oz mr oz and whatever <laughs> <laughs> too much when, daytime tv dirt when, when they uh when, when they 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 killed off the story the the timeline of new 52 superman and inserted old timeline Superman into a spot and maybe that had something to redo with the history and it still spun off the Bizarro universe. I don't know, but, That's so but yeah, it was just kind of one of those weird things where it's like, huh, I, I forgot that uh, that didn't exist anymore, but now it does. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a fun book, but it was just kind of weird that we got two super sons issues in the same week. <laughs> okay. All right. And with that, we come to the end of our review section. And here we come to our clicks of the week. And mine so, is Thanos 17. Oh, that's a good one. I was better this week. That was close for me. Close, close, close. I definitely was uh, on the fence this week. I ended up going with. Uh, Mighty Thor number 705, as did Tim D-O-double-G-9-8. Very good, very good. And I had to say I'm slightly torn because Tales of Suspense was better than I thought it was, but I'm actually going to give it to, surprise, surprise, Damnation number three. <laughs> because Bats is MVP. There you go. <laughs> There you go. All righty. So, wait, before before we go into ads, I think, are you sticking around, Doug? Or? No, I got to take off. Oh, I wanted to talk about Toys R Us. You want to talk about Toys R Us real quick? Well, we can talk about Toys R Us real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, yeah. Let's, uh, well, I'll bring that up. Because we got some sad news this uh, these last Well, I mean, there's a lot of different things going on with this story. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know which one you want to start with, but uh, let's go in order. Well, let's uh, first of all, uh, rest in peace to Toys R Us founder Charles. That Lennon. sucked. Yeah, who died today, and now, yeah, uh, actually, that was today. So we can also get into the massive Toys R Us going out of business sale, which has an update to it. Right. Okay. So this this it was supposed to start today. Uh, the liquidation sale, closing all the stores, everything on sale, everything's got to go. Um, but it's been temporarily stopped. Um, and it may, in fact, start tomorrow now that they're saying, but it may take longer. Apparently, um, the vendors who haven't been paid, mm-hmm. some of them are trying to get their product back mm-hmm. because they say they weren't paid for it. So they want it returned to them because a lot of them can turn to places like walmart.com and Amazon, right. sell them through there. Um, but, uh, you know, Toys R Us had this deal going through the liquidation court, the bankruptcy court, um, saying that they had a 14 week timeline for going out of business. And so the sale was supposed to start today with this 14 week timeline, but apparently there was a temporary hold, you know, put on it because a judge has to make a ruling on whether or not this product has to be sent back to these vendors or not. So it may be be cleared and it may start tomorrow or it may be one of these things that drags on for a while. So, um, so there's that aspect of it. If you're 
hoping beyond all hope you got a birthday party, you know, tomorrow night, you're going to get some kid, a whole bunch of toys at 20% off at starting the liquidation. It may not happen tomorrow. So cool your jets on that as far as that goes. But um, in other news, um, there's a group that's actually uh, coming in to buy the Canadian operations. Uh, looks like the Toys R Us Canada is going to spin off into its own unit and survive in one form or another. They may change the name, they may not, but it looks like that is surviving. Mm-hmm. Toys R Us is also trying to sell off the top 200 stores of their 735 store chain um, and try to keep those 200 stores alive as an entity as well. Hmm. So they may get sold off and may survive. They may not. We'll see. Um, But another uh, holding group about a year ago bought the rights to KB Toys, uh, which, you know, folded several, uh, well, I want to say almost 18 years ago, I guess. They folded in the big uh, dot-com bust. Mm -hmm. Um, And about a year ago, they bought the, the trademarks and the copyrights to KB Toys. They had been working on a schedule to bring KB Toys back to retail, um, but uh, with Toys R Us imploding, they're actually pushing forward. They've got uh, a couple investors who have jumped in and they're trying to kickstart KB sure. Toys and have KB Toys open in uh, malls across America in time for Christmas. So, like I said, there's a lot of stuff yeah. going on in this one story right now. A lot of That's moving crazy. pieces. And this guy um, looks like Tina Goodman. Um, but yeah, the guy the the guy who owns the uh, the company that bought all the trademarks to KB Toys actually posted on LinkedIn of all places. First of all, mm-hmm. that they were planning on bringing back KB Toys, and he was hoping just to kind of network with a few people. Uh, but it was one of those things that just like exploded, and suddenly mm-hmm. the story was everywhere. And he said, suddenly he's got all these people uh, that are ready to just like throw in some money and let's get this thing going and get it up and running. Um, while there's, you know, momentum and strike while the fire is hot. So, right, and kind of stepping into a vacuum. So, Right, exactly. So you may see KB Toy, Star, uh, Toy Stores back, uh, you know, really in time for Black Friday. Wow. All right, so real quick, I know that uh, PCN underscore Dirt is trying to leave. I have one, uh, I have two two things to, to say about the, the, uh, the, the Toys R Us announcement for this week, you know, the, the liquidation sale. One, I was like, yo, why are they going to put on a Thursday? Can't they let people, you know, <laughs> who got like nine to fivers and, 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 and like full-time gigs, uh, you know, go on a Saturday? Of course, that would be even crazier on a Saturday. But um, uh, I, I thought maybe they postponed it. I, I'm glad to hear that there was, a, uh, you know, a reason behind it. I thought it was because of the snow in the Northeast because uh, it would have shut down too many stores, you know? Like from Boston all the way going down to DC. So um, the toy hunters and, and eBay folks will probably, if if it, if it had gone on on Thursday, would have been would yeah, have, they would have made it there. Yeah. Well, and even then, I mean, you're still looking at like twenty percent markdowns for the first opening week of uh, sure. liquidation sales. So it's not like you're going to find any fantastic bargains. Right. right. Well, that said, that said, my yeah. question to the to the to the panel is before dirt goes. <clears throat> Do you have something that's on, not maybe not the top of your shopping list, but you've been kind of eyeing and saying it's not maybe it's not one of your primary things. Like one of my primary things would be like Marvel Legends, but it's something that you've been eyeing and say, hey, that might not be one of the things that goes right away in a liquidation sale. I might be able to pick this up. What's on your what's what's at the top of your list? I can give you what mine what mine is. It's the NECA Predator uh, action figures. Mm. 
Mm. Because I like, you know, like they have, I, I don't think they're articulated very well, but they have pretty good likenesses of Schwarzenegger in like the various stages of, of Dutch during the Predator movie. So, um, if, if those are available at, uh, Toys R Us at a liquidation sale rate, well, watch it be cheaper on Amazon. That'll, I'll really get annoyed with that. But, um, but yeah, that's actually at the top of my list because, you know, I'm not going to see Marvel Legends there. I'm, you know, all, anything I want, I can get, you know, or I've ordered some other way. So it, they it, that's get liquidated no time soon, if, if at all. Exactly. So my gut says, yeah, my gut says, uh, uh, those NECA figures might still be around. So. Outside for me, not really. I mean, I I thought about looking for like uh, Disney Infinity stuff, but I think I got all the ones that I want and maybe a couple of Amiibo. But outside of that, and, and they've been going on sale for you know the last yeah. year or so. Yeah, I don't. There's nothing really. Uh, I, there are some little things that'd be nice to have. Like there's some mini arcade cabinets. They're they're kind of like these, but they have them now for like Bad Dudes and Karate Champ and some of those classic uh, arcade systems. Right, I've seen um, some. Yeah. But they're they're thirty bucks, and I'm like I'm not paying thirty bucks for the one little you know thing. Mm-hmm. So if I see those on sale, you know, relatively cheap, I I wouldn't mind picking those up just to add to my little collection of uh, these arcade machines. Um, but you know, other than that, like my son would like to get some of those recoil uh, guns, the new laser tag thing that hooks up to your smartphone. Oh, okay. Um, and those look cool, but those have always been super expensive. So I mean, right. you know, if we can find a good deal on those and. They do have soccer figures, uh, <laughs> which which have these little pullback legs that kick. They come with a little soccer ball, and you can kick that them. That is and, funny. I and, love and, that the sport ball that PCN underscore dirt watches is this. So, so you know, uh, of all things, if if I if I can find you know some some more of these on clearance, there I'll I'll probably pick some of those up. But you know, I'm, most of the stuff, I you know, my my kids, I have kids, so we're there you know, every couple weeks and I'm always looking and I'm always just like, eh, you know, transformers are way too expensive. I mean, cause even at 20% off, I wouldn't mm-hmm. pay for most of those. Cause they start like the, the, the cool ones are always like 50 or a hundred bucks. You know, I've got Voltron, uh, right. you know, there's, but you know, there's no He-Man anymore. Star Wars is just so overdone, mm-hmm. which may be one of the reasons to, for the downfall of Toys R Us is all the Star Wars, uh, you know, just clogging everything. And, um, you know, it's, eh, you know. Eh. I gotcha. I was about to say, I saw the Black Lion, the classic Black Lion on sale by itself. None of the other classic Voltron Lions. So if I see that, I know, Dirt, I watched your review. <laughs> I watched a Pop Culture Net review that you did. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like I like uh, if that that's second on my list is if the the predator stuff's not there, I'll pick up the black line and pick up the other lines. You know, however, right? But yeah, there's there's just so much. Uh, well, and especially if you went like a month ago and you were looking at Skylander stuff, they were like buy one get four free, and they were ninety eight cents a piece. You know, yeah. and but, those were the big toys for the last five years, and now they're just dumping them. So I mean, the toy industry itself is in is in a bad place right now regardless so all right i gotta take off gentlemen guys i will see you next week yep thanks dirt see you see you next week thank you all right roddy gentlemen we have to get to our ad we are going long without our ad 
<clears throat> Our first ad of the night is for Busted Tees. The episode, this episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees. Your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture. Cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture are all on sale. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. And we're going to our cinematic news. At, actually, I, I, I was looking at some of these busted T-shirts because this, this Mr. Rogers one over here kind of reminded me we, I should have put that in the thing, even though it's not comic-related. But there's a Mr. Rogers movie that's coming out, documentary that is coming out, and apparently the trailer is a tearjerker. Oh, it is. It's all, oh, my goodness, it's awful. So, it's awful in that tearjerky, awesome way. I haven't watched it yet because I'm not trying to. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Yeah, but I probably will. But cinematic news. Um... We start off with the Star Trek's Discovery. It's nominated for five Saturn Awards, uh, and that is including let's see, uh, Best New Media Series, Best Actress uh, on a TV Series for Sonequa Martin-Green. So holler at that. Uh, Best Actor on a Television Series for Jason Isaacs. Uh, Best Supporting Actor on a te- uh, TV Series, Doug Jones. And Best Guest Starring Performance on a uh, Television Series with Michelle, the, the beautiful Michelle Yeoh. Um, and I still haven't watched any of this series yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm don't look at me. Behind. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm falling behind, but yeah, there is that. Congratulations to them. And damn you autoplay movie. Uh, um, uh, next up Ridley Scott up to direct queen and country for Fox. So apparently this was a Greg Rucker created series that ran from 2001 to 2007 and earned yes. best new series. Uh, there's been some spin-offs miniseries. Um, oh, Atomic Blonde is one of them. I guess. Hmm. Okay. I guess I, I, I was never able to uh, get into it. I, I, I think someone tried to sell me on the first trade. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a time and place for it, so we'll see. Right. Speaking of trades, uh, Fables is on sale at Comicsology, so get get on with that if you if you like Fables. All right. Next up, uh, we kind of well, we didn't talk about this last year, but I had it in the thing. But I'm putting it up to here this week, and that is Angela Bassett would have made a fantastic Killmonger in uh, Black Panther. So we saw uh, there was a Bustle feed uh, tweet from. Um, that um, showed Angela Bassett trying out for the role of Carol Monger, and it was pretty dope. So if you can see uh, that, you should check it out. It was pretty good. And Angela Bassett's the queen. That's all I'm saying. Um, Marvel assembles a fantastic Avengers Infinity War motion poster, in which you can see if you're watching the video, which leads us into... The final trailer for Avengers Infinity War is here. In fact, was he has been here a few days, and we have watched. Um, I thought I turned it off. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry about that. That's all good. Actually, I didn't turn that off, but I will now. Anywho, um, but yeah, the trailer's here. What do you think? 
It was pretty epic. Yeah. I've watched it like two or three different times, and I'm probably due to watch it like two or three. Yeah, I watched it more than two or three different times. I definitely ran through it a few times. Just to get, get try to get the, the nukes and crannies and all that kind of... Oh, you know what? What's funny is that I try not to look too deep into it and to just kind of, you know, kind of absorb it and, and, and yeah. feel because, you know, as much as they actually don't use a lot of the stuff that's in the trailers in the movie, I still, I still feel guilty about, you know, spoiling myself to a certain extent. So I'm like, you know what? Just let it go. Just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. And that's also true, but it also gives people, and it also started people speculating on who's going to die and who's going to yep. live. Yep. That brought back up, which we already know that people's contracts are coming up and yep. there are two on the block, or at least two on the block, as well as one person who has you know their contract for another few mo- movies. So sure. we can kind well, of get some speculation, but we don't know. The ending, the ending of the trailer took, I think, 99% of the people by surprise. Mm. And you know, you're just looking at it like, holy cow, like that just happened. Mm-hmm. So, Which is also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, an homage to. Yes, an actual scene. Yeah. To, uh, yeah, to the original uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Or yes. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so there you go. Anyway, um, and with that, Invigil's Infinity War tickets go on sale. I still haven't gotten mine. Because- what? Yeah, well, because I'm going to be. Um, oh, that's right, because of the con. Yeah, but, and which I hear there's a screening there, and I need to look into that. Yeah, I got mine on, but um, I have to look into that because I still need to do a lot for that. Anyway, so it's on sale. Go get your tickets. Hopefully, you can find some. Um, another news: Peter Dinklage confirmed for Avengers: Affinity War. So, uh, Pip the Troll, maybe. Actually, that was speculated in this article done by our own Tim Tim uh, D-O-double-G. Nice little detective work there. Um, but yeah, apparently he was in talks of that, and yes, one of the speculations is Pip the Troll, and another one is possible that he could be the voice of uh, Corvus Glaive. Ah. Or, or any of the Black Order, because you know they're probably going to do... Right, right, CGI. Probably any of them... Actually, according to this, he says just court, uh, court grows blade, but he could probably be any of them outside of uh, Proximal Midnight, right? So, or he could be Proximal Midnight, we don't know, but regardless, wow. that's, that's the thing. So, you know, people love the dink. So, all right, so um, this looks interesting. Spider Man Homecoming 2 casting details hint at new villain, yes. So the casting's already underway, and Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios are searching for an actor or actress to play the villain. Uh, hashtag show contends the studios are casting a wide net for primary antagonists with elevated ideas. Hmm. Yeah, they're saying that uh, let's see, the, the film... It's is- not Stiltman! Better not be Stiltman! That's- elevated ideas. Oh, oh God! Although, he's kind of more associated with Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, that would be that actually be kind of elevated ideas. I'm tired, man. That's my excuse. <laughs> more of a he's more of a um I'm a relief at this point, more yeah. than than an actual villain. <laughs> you might as well get one of the um the the um superior foes or something. Sure. Which I could have kind of done. So actually they're probably working towards that. 
nevertheless, that is that, and uh, we will see more of that in, as time goes by. Um, Marvel Studios has already found a replacement for DeWanda Wise in Captain America. So as we talked about last Captain week, Marvel. So what? Captain Marvel, not Captain America. I'm sorry, Captain Marvel. She would probably make a good Captain America, though. Even um, <laughs> the future one, right? The uh, Daniel Cage. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, so the Wonder Wise couldn't uh, couldn't uh, do Captain Marvel movie because of scheduling conflicts, and they already have another person named. Oh shoot, what's the name? Oh, Lashana Lynch, who um, was on ABC series Still Star Crossed, uh, Fast Girls, and Brotherhood, in indie those are, which are indie movies. So, yeah. Speculation is still about who it is, but we're still all thinking Monica Rambeau. Sure. Regardless. So stay tuned, folks. Um, Annabella Shirora joins season two of Luke Cage, which it's been a while since I think we've seen uh, Miss Shirora, great actress uh, of the Sopranos fame, which I, I, I find it funny they use Jungle, Jungle Fever as a, her, as, as this article goes on. I mean, says at first that's weird anyway um but yeah we don't necessarily know what she's going to be cast as or who she's going to be cast as but she's going to be in it all righty uh mark hamill returns to star wars as a young luke in forces of destiny shorts so if you don't know uh they've they've been doing a bunch of these forces of destiny shorts and thrown up on uh the disney uh youtube channel uh, and if you see, can watch the video, well, you'll see you no know, parts of that. So that's good. You know, Mark Hamill. I mean, we obviously he's probably going to be back for episode nine in some some capacity because he's not <laughs> completely unemployed. I don't believe so. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Last Jedi, but nevertheless, it's about to come out on Blu-ray. So, <laughs> um, so there's that. And it's, it looks like it's going to take place on Dagobah, which means Yoda, and uh, that's ought to be cool. Actually, it's already out, so there you go. Uh, original Green Ranger brings Lord Dracon to life in live-action teaser for the Power Ranger Shattered Grid comic book crossover series that's starting to happen. Um, so yeah, JDF still still rocking the Power Ranger stuff in one capacity or another. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, get that money, JDF. Whatever. Um, but yeah, that crossover is coming soon, and uh, they got a live action joint, and I guess that's going to be something. I don't know. I haven't. I was reading that book when it first started, and I just kind of slowly fell off of it. Although, still buying it for some stupid reason. Um, anywho, Noah Hawley's Doctor Doom movie draws inspiration from Winter Soldier. So Noah Hawley is the um, Legion showrunner slash creator uh, for the TV show, and he's trying to do a Doctor Doom movie. I believe we have talked about that before, and yeah, he's drawing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so whatever he's going to do with this movie, I guess I don't know. I don't. There's really not much to say about that unless you guys on the gotten to add to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. My thoughts, exactly. Flash's Lonsdale was uh, shocked by a racist response to his Wally West character. So Keenan Lonsdale, um, I guess he was talking to uh, Los Angeles Time about this, uh, the movie he's in now, Love, Simon. And um, I guess it was brought up about the reaction to his character. 
in the Flash TV series, and yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, these people are not that familiar with the comics, so. Well, or are and just not, let's 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 not say that because I think there are people who are familiar with the comic and still are resistant Feel that way, right? You know, any particular change of color or change change within certain change characters. Character, yeah. So, yeah. I would like to believe that too, but nah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, moving on. Legends of Tomorrow could add uh, Matt Ryan's Constantine as a series for regular. Uh, so Matt Ryan has been on a couple of episodes of uh, Legends of Tomorrow and uh, and previously on one of Arrow. Um, if the show goes into a season four, which at this point we don't know yet, he could potentially come um, a regular, which I'm sure there are Constantine fans and Matt Ryan fans that are screaming their heads off right at this moment. I happen to know a couple of them. One of which who don't know about this yet, so I'm, I'm that'll be funny when they find out. Um so yeah, and you know, Constantine had a good show, a decent show on NBC. This could possibly bring away to a bring a um show back, uh Constantine based show back. There's also the CW animated thing that I think is out already or coming soon. I can't remember. But yeah, there's a just like they've done with Vixen and the Ray. There's a Constantine-based uh, animated thing. So. Alrighty. Uh, let's see. Oh, and now we are going to the comic-related, uh, the comic book news. But I will say before we get into that, so this is our out for June. So some of the stuff we'll be covering is from that. Actually, there was something else I was going to bring up, but it doesn't really matter. Um. Yeah, that's okay. We can skip all that. Um. So first up, Shazam meets Captain Caveman and more in a new wave of DC slash Hanna Barbera crossover books. And I know some of our panel have not necessarily been a, a good a fan of some of these. Does some of these I've actually enjoyed? Wait, is that Aquaman and Jabberjaw? Oh, I was gonna say. Um, this is uh, how uh, PCN underscore Dirt feels about this. So I, I've been a fan of some of these, in, in, including one or two in particular. Um, so I am curious as to I haven't even read. I, like I just saw this article today, actually. Um, no, I didn't actually. I found this last week. I didn't read it, but there are some interesting um, collaborations going on here. And God darn these stupid auto playing things. So there's is the auto Aquaman Jabberjaw one, Black Lightning, Hong Kong Fui, the Flash and Speed Buggy. Sure. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. Anyway, that's funny. Oh man, speed buggy. Uh Super Sons and Dynamut. Sure. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Wait, where's Blue Falcon though? How okay. So no, so okay. No blue falcons. They just just blue falcon like that. But anyway, oh man, a blue falcon Batman one. Come on, actually, nah, that wouldn't be that. Eh, whatever. Anyway, that's some funny stuff, and I'm looking forward to them happening um, next month, I believe. Yeah, whatever. So yeah, already. <laughs> DC heroes creators. Um, wait, what? Oh Lord! Okay, DC Heroes creators team up with indie hero Laboru Nikwa. Oh, my apologies if I butchered that. Laboru Kenya. 
or love right. Kenya. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I still need to read that. I feel bad I haven't read that. Um, so yeah, there is a uh, an anthology, not unlike the Puerto Rico Strong one that just came out from Lions Forge last week. Uh, but this one's been going on for a minute. So I think this might have been actually before that one went down. But this one's called Reconstruction. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, we know somebody who was a part of this. Um, yep. Velasquez. Yep. I screwed that up. Yeah, shout out to Crystal Velasquez, who uh, an old uh, a classmate of mine and uh, uh, a former guest of the show, writer of uh, Just Princesses and uh, other works. Yes, so that's that's pretty dope news. And also, uh, Gail Simone, Dennis Cowens, Yannick Perquet, uh, John Woodard, as well as Rodario Dawson and Ruben Blades and uh, novelist Esmeralda Santiago. And this is being headed up by um, Eduardo Miranda uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez, I, I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, who created the superhero Laburniqua. Um Yeah, so that's two in a row, Borikenia. Yeah, right? Not that I'm yeah. saying it correctly. I took French in school, so. I did too, so <laughs> so I, I apologize profusely. My words, I mean, my pronunciation is all the time. But yeah, but basically, what this is is um, DC heroes and uh, Labor and Nikwa are, as well as other stories, are teaming up. Uh, I believe uh, Wonder Woman, Batman, are the ones they noted, and I'm not sure if there's anyone else in the DC line that are that has come along with. But it's a good thing, and it is to help out the. Um, it's a benefit for the people that have been affected by the earthquake in uh, Puerto Rico a while back. And well, actually, yeah, it was last year. Oh my God. Six months. Yeah. Six months. They just celebrated, not celebrated, but they just, the six month anniversary passed. Yeah. Well, and I honored it, but yeah, yeah. acknowledge it. All right. Yeah. So if you get a chance to, you might want to pick that up. And I believe the, the Puerto Rico strong was also um, uh, benefiting uh, the Puerto Rico's of the Puerto Rico uh, reconstruction effects. So, no, I, uh, okay. So our next story is uh, DC solicits in the latest solicitations, the man of steel weekly miniseries uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. The thing. Mm-hmm. So May 30th, man of steel, number one, um, it's going to happen, and it's going to be six issues. And like I said, Venice World will be writing it, which I think we talked about. That was his first script that he finished last right. week. Right. So, no surprise. Um, and we've already talked about that. So why is it still there? Uh, Lego reveals Tron Legacy Light Cycles. I should have brought this up before uh, Dirt left. He also being a big Tron fan. So, but I'm sure he's probably seen this already. Uh, it's going to go for, it's going to be on sale March 31st and be on retail for 34 bucks. And it is basically the, the Tron legacy folks looks like, I don't think there's a Finn. Flynn. Regardless, it looks cool. I may actually grab this up. I don't know. Um, Valiant hires Mel Kalio. I apologize if, uh, um, Mel Kalo. It just looks like Kalo. I guess. Sure. We'll go with that. Um, as director of marketing, you know, sometimes you got to throw some, you, know, <laughs> you mm-hmm. see, 
you see vials of which are not there. Um, so yeah, congratulations to him. He will work closely with violent, violence, uh, executive sales and editorials and you know, do a bunch of stuff for him. So congrats to them. I don't think any, too many of us are reading violent stuff, but we should. Sad news. Um, after 25 years in Los Angeles, Meltdown Comics will close on April 1st, which sounds like it could have been a um, April Fool's Day, mm-hmm. very early April Fool's Day um, gag. But sadly, I think this is actually true because I've seen people on Twitter talking about this, not to saying that it couldn't make it any less true. But yeah, oh, people in L.A. know Meltdown. I think we've I mean, I know I've heard about it even from way over here. So, uh, but the founder wrote a letter on the shop's closing, which was public, published uh, Wednesday by The Nerdist. It is sad. Um, I know one of the longest running um, ones, uh, comic shops here closed down like late last year. And it was like, but actually, yeah, it was earlier this year, actually. So it's kind of a bummer, the, the, the closings we're getting. Yeah, absolutely. So... And says Meltdown has already announced a 50% off everything liquidation sale. Um, so if you're in the LA area and you, you've uh, frequented Meltdown, mm-hmm. get some books, I guess. Celebrate the life that was Meltdown Comics. Uh, Poe Dameron, uh, excuse me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Chalso brings a, an era of Marvel's Poe Dameron to a close, which actually was this week's book, um, Poe Dameron 25, which I believe is the last book, according to this. And I think we've been kind of hinting at it for the longest time, for a while. So obviously you knew Poe's story was going to end up at some place given the events of Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charles Soule is, uh, this is basically an interview with Charles Soule about that. Uh, and you know the the what he's done with it, and possibly future stuff. If I read, I didn't finish reading the article, but um, yeah, like I was on top of this book. I'm still I'm still buying the books. I'm planning on uh, reading up to it, but you know, you knew it had to get somewhere sometime soon. So right, you know, it's a fan favorite character anyway. So people, you know, I'm sure people will miss this book. Um, Marvel's original X-Force team returns in June. Yes, folks. Cannonball, Domino, Feral, <coughs> Boom Boom, and Shatterstar reunite with their former X-Force leader in June's Cable 158. And they take on their former nemesis Strife. So it is the 90s all over again. Well, I was about to say, is there, is there a Rob Liefeld uh, uh, variant cover in the mix? Probably. <laughs> I think... So here is the, if you're watching the video, here is the cover to Cable 158, and the, which came in the June solicitations. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. For those who like the classic X-Force team, there you go, which I actually did the guy at my um, comic shop does, so he ought to be excited about that, because I know he's been reading Cable. Um... Marvel finally reveals what the weekend's first comic book, and not the two days of the end of the week. We're talking about the musical part, the musical um, person, the weekend who apparently doesn't like three E's in a word. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know, vowels have been, you know, a while, it's been banned for a while in startup situations, and yeah, I don't know. That's funny. Um, so he's apparently doing Starboy. 
a book series called Starboy, which was announced back in October of last year. But um, and we said while it was known that the name of the comic coincided with the latest weekend album, no attempt to clarify the series premise has been made until now, and which we have the solicitation. Um, let's see, da, 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 it will see Christoph Gage and the weekend's creative director join as co writers. And who's on art? Um, covered by Eric Gwynn. Uh, I guess Eric Gwynn is doing inside also. So there you go. I'm not even going to sit there and read that because, okay. <laughs> Fan favorite. Speaking of musical, um, musical fan favorites, I guess. Uh, fan favorite X Men character Dazzler gets one shot in June. It's there you go. By Magdalene uh, Visiago, Visiago and Lara Art, Lara Braga as the artist. So Dazzler fans unite. Uh, maybe it'll bring back a series. We don't know. Doubt it. But and it doesn't doesn't necessarily say what it's about. But we get a little bit of art if you're watching the video from it. Which almost picked up um, uh, during that um, Marvel graphic novel sale last week, where well, the big one, one uh, Dazzler the movie and uh, Beauty and the Beast, with that, that crossover with her and Beast. And Beast, yeah. Yeah. But I was like, nah, because it's probably on Marvel Unlimited and I don't need to do that. So, But it's called Dazzler X Song number, uh, and they're going jail on sale. Six. Look out for that. All right. Eddie Brock's Venom to meet Miles Morales for the first time, which that's kind of a surprise that they Yeah, I'm like, they haven't met yet, really? I know, right? So, yeah, apparently that is going to happen in Venom 3, and what you will see is uh, Ryan Stegman's cover for it. That's pretty intense. It seems like an homage homage to Jaws. Jaws, yeah. Nevertheless, yeah. Yeah, Eddie Brock meets Miles. So good to see Miles still around there outside of uh, Champions. Sure. That happened in his book. Uh, let's see. News to uh, Thor fans, in, and I know one um, uh, <laughs> Agents underscore 70 here. That's right. Walt Simonson returns for the death of the Mighty Thor, which we may have talked about before, but not necessarily in this context. I right. Not, yeah, not talking about... Uh, Uncle Walt uh, contributing something. So, uh, you know, in honor of Uncle Walt. So, yes, here we have, uh, I believe that is his cover, Walt Simons' cover Mm -hmm. 706. If you're watching the video, so classic style. So, Never mind, we'll, we'll talk afterwards because I'll just right. read this issue. Um, or the last this issue that came out this week. So that said, this is the first time drawing uh, Jane Thor and Mangog. Really? This is the first time? Yeah, yeah he doesn't come up. This this character doesn't come up in the run. True. And it comes uh, up earlier. Like, uh, like early, you know, like in, like, uh, you know, a few years earlier before uh, Simonson comes on board. The Kirby Lee era, according to, mm-hmm. uh, according to this. So. That'll be out April 18th, so look out for that. And I know uh, underscore 70 will be talking about it, I am sure. I'll be looking for that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Johnny Blaze teams up with Ghost Rider, um, which, as we talked about, and this is, might be a 
well, not necessarily. It's, I would say it's a spoiler for, but if you've been reading Damnation, you know, you know Ghost Rider is a part of it. Uh, if you've not read uh, Damnation 3, there's some things you don't know, which is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, that is leading up to a Chrisabella with Phil Noto book. I might actually read this. Uh, Johnny Blaze book coming out of Damnation. I guess this is a spinoff because they, they do show that at the. Um, at the end of Damnation Three, you know, as being one of the books, and I think it's coming soonish, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, Giant Blaze and Ghost Rider will team up some kind of way. If you haven't read Damnation, it still won't tell you why. Ah, yeah, I gotta catch up. Hopefully, but you'll, but you'll, but you'll, you'll, you'll probably understand why sure. once you read it. Um, next up, and actually, we're we're kind of heading out here but uh, a couple of in the the uh, variant corner marvel w's marcos martins i was going to call it man martin mm-hmm. <laughs> man, man mountain marcos um cover for slots uh final amazing spider-man run we see it here which is pretty cool yeah and it's nice looking group of people with the shadow of um of spidey 801 Wow. Um, let's see. Next up, Jim Lee unveils his Action Comics 1000 variant cover, which you see the pencils from here. A slightly very familiar looking fight. Okay. I would say. Last but not least, this ought to give um, Agent 70 another giggle because I thought about him when I pulled this. Mm-hmm. Joe Quesada t-shirt art. It reimagines the Mets Noah Syndergaard as Thor. Okay. Wait, where is the story? Variant <laughs> um, um, uh, Corner. You piqued my interest. Variant Corner. I'm looking for Variant Corner. Where is Roddy Cap put Variant Corner on the sheet? Uh, I see it. <laughs> so if you're, watching the, um, if you're watching the video, you can see the shirt. Um... It's a Thor free shirt Friday. It's like a regular giveaway uh, at Mets games. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you feel about that, sir, but you can <laughs> feel free to. Well, to listen, the, the I was about to say I, I appreciated the uh, the Thor bobblehead. The the Cindergard is Thor bobblehead uh, was probably one of the fastest sellouts. You know, people went to that game just to get that and left. Wait, last year, it was last year, right? It says he comes out to to the Game of Thrones Thrones theme. Yeah, but his nickname is Thor. Sure. Okay. <laughs> no, well, I was gonna say if you look at the dude, you know, he's what what it is is he's tall, blonde, he's got long hair, and and, and is like pretty muscular for a, a baseball player, you know, yeah. and a pitcher to boot, and he throws a hundred miles an hour. So oh. right, so he can you know he brings the thunder, brings the lightning, right, mm-hmm. and. uh you know, obviously playing off of the resemblance, you know, just the physical resemblance. He wears a, he wore a, a, a Thor movie costume to the gym one time and was working out in it. And obviously, you know, you put two and two together with that. Oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, so that caps off the news for the night. There you uh, go. We have another ad read, sir. There it is. This is our last ad read for the night, and we do have some music to play us out tonight. So, um, our final ad read is for Wink. Speaking of Wink, a personalized wine club. 
Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronté, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wine Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now, the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c wink wines through cspn do it today i want to start a, a drinking game to where every time uh agent 70 does that ad you should wink and take a drink <laughs> the thanks to uh cspn boss of bosses uh classic material i might end up trying this so Anyway, and with that, we come to the end, and let me stop screen here. We come to the end of this here comic book chronicle show. We thank you each and every one of you for coming out, whether in video or audio form, and whatever time and place that you choose to partake of this. Uh, for the um, entertaining, uh, in-law entertaining Tim D-O-G, we have TimDog98 on Twitter. Um, also, Lord. Uh, also, that on Instagram and uh, theclicknation.com, you can see his stuff, and CBR and other places where he writes. Um, PCN underscore dirt. You can find him at that on Twitter. You can also find him at Pop Culture Network uh, and Pop Culture Net on Twitter. You can also find him, actually, he has, oh yeah, I need comics.com is his, his new. Um, new site that you can check him out in agent underscore seven. You can find him at that on Twitter and Instagram. Hopefully we can get him a site, you know, <laughs> and, you know, he can wax poet- poetically about uh here and yawn and possibly an, an upcoming um thing we're trying to put together, but yes, go follow all of those folks there. And you can also follow me, Roddy cat at Roddy cat on Twitter. You can also find me, uh, at news, news need on Twitter, um, at CB caps on Instagram, where I tweet out, um, caps, uh, uh, panel caps of stuff. I find interesting, including a couple that I will find this week. You can also go to my news, 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 Reddit if you want to, cause there's stuff that some stuff will pop up there, but it's usually other geeky stuff. That is great. You can find this here podcast pretty much wherever you can find uh, other podcasts, which is probably exception of uh, Spotify, because I don't think we're, we're that large yet. But if we are, I haven't found that out yet. <laughs> uh, but iTunes, Google, Stitcher, I believe we're still on. SoundCloud, definitely. But you can also find this on the site, cspn.us, home of the um, home of other fine podcasts such as ours. And uh, you can also go to shop.cspn.us where you can help us out by getting some merch. You know, con season come out. Um, maybe you might want to get a comic book chronicles t-shirt. 
or a bag. good idea. I, I got one. It was awesome. Yeah, I got my shirt. I might get another one. Um, you know, and some other merch and help us out, help you, help us, help you, help us help them. Uh, and with that, we are coming to the end of this here combo chronicles. Thank you all again for coming out. And I believe this is where Agent Underscore Seven Eight plays us out with some music. I free all my sons. I love them, love them, baby. Black diamonds and pearls. Could it be if you could be mine? We both shine. If I rule the world, still living for today. In these last days, it's going to be paradise life. Relax. Would you believe it? It's, it's Doctor Doom. What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insult.